Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Jack and Raj here to guide you through the misery that is the Tottenham Hotspur experience. How are you doing Raj? Yeah, I'm not too bad mate, yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm Like you said to me on WhatsApp the other day, it's funny how much brighter the play, a brighter a place the world seems to be. That's what I was looking to say. Uh, after a Tottenham win, right? Even like an unconvincing Tottenham win, just the fucking fact that you've won a game is is nice. Yeah, sometimes you need that though, don't you? Just like, just get it done, get it done. Um, I well, guess... we're saying as well that like um, we we are recording on the morning, and we have done this this in the past. But like when we did it last time, it was still like dark, but now it's like it's bright and quite light, and and spring is sprung and all that sort of shit and it's it's it just has a nice effect on your mood and you know we've both had a coffee and a bit of a chat before and we won't divulge what that chat was about because it went a little bit off piece the lost tapes yeah um <laughs> if we ever did a patreon then people would definitely have to fucking pay us to listen to that <laughs> uh but uh yeah it was um it was nice sort of warmed up feel ready to discuss our football club well on that note then mate because it's been a while since we've had a chat Apologies um, for that. Oh, life is life, isn't it? That's it. But Arsenal, Dinamo Zagreb. How? how now I remember feeling? why we've not done this for a exactly. while. Exactly. How? 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 How were you feeling? Uh, Great, I, was, I imagine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hmm? Um, I was kind of. I was weirdly indifferent after the Arsenal game. I was mad during, and then I very quickly processed it at full time like I don't I don't want to downplay how disappointing it was because during the game I was I was spitting feathers and then as soon as the full time whistle blew I kind of I kind of just digested it and it just let it wash over me I think maybe it being Mother's Day helped and like there being bigger things to be concentrating on and what have you um but you know during and watching the game there were several of them that I just wanted to like hit um (laughs) And but it, it was just such an indifferent performance, and um, just so disappointing to to go into a game like that and just not actually turn up. And the Lamella goal, fuck me, that was. It was just one of those those things that you respond to with laughter, and I just it's giggled with my dad and watched it. Like every time they'd talk about it and and and, and play it back, we just we giggled. There's no other response to something can, that obscene. Can I just ask you quickly on on this one? Where do you stand on the whole 
oh, we don't get to enjoy that goal because we didn't oh, win that bullshit. game. Isn't it, right? Bollocks. Oh, bullshit. Like, um, one of the best goals that Arsenal have ever scored against us and always comes up is like, I think it was um, Adibayor scored like a screamer in a game, but it was like like a late goal or something like that. And I can't remember what the, I think we lost, but it's almost like saying, oh, that was just, that goal didn't actually mean anything. It was just one of many or something. It, it don't fucking count, man. It's Is it just, the one when he dinked it up with his back to goal and then... Yeah, and what, then spins and twats it. <laughs> Ricky from the Fighting Cock, he's... Uh, his story about that one's always a good one in that uh, I think he'd gone down for a beer. It was just before half time and probably around the time when you could actually drink in the stands maybe and was <laughs> coming back up into the stand with his, with his refreshments for half time. Just turned back around. <laughs> and just the ball was just pretty much flying at his face and was only stopped by the net, by the ball hitting <laughs> the back of the net. So, uh, yeah, always a good one. Uh, yeah, so no, I think we enjoy that goal and we uh, we enjoy it every time it crops up for the rest of our lives in every uh, VT about the North London derby alongside the Danny Rose goal and the David Bentley goal and all that sort of shit. It's almost like, had we lost that that game, the David Bentley game, like 4-3, do you reckon we're not watching that goal again? Like, it's, it's nonsense. Well, it's like I've seen some people even say it about the Harry Kane mask goal because we didn't win that game. We drew, it's yeah. Tar- uh, no. I always forget we didn't win that game. Yeah, but to me, like that's the probably the greatest goal I've ever seen live. Like mm-hmm. the greatest experience I've had in the stands was seeing that fly, and it was just unbelievable. And I'm not you, you know, kind of lost sense of yourself for a little while, then, didn't you? Yeah, I don't know. I just I I kind of I think if we are the sort of club that we like to champion when it suits us, the whole like echo of glory. Basically, our sort of equivalent of it means more. Like yeah. we're, we're sort of the 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 fan base that enjoys the journey and knows that we have to comfort ourselves with the moments and everything. Because traditionally speaking, we don't really win leagues and we don't win the top honors. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think you can then at the same time say Eric Lamella scoring one of the greatest goals in Premier League history doesn't count anymore because yeah. we didn't win the game. But anyway, yeah, I don't bullshit. know. Everyone No, it was glorious. Yeah. Um and the reaction and everything was was amazing and it was almost worth sitting through that game to see that. Um I think his sending off was a bit soft. This might be me being like No, I agree. Dullard Northern man, but like sticking out your arm, I don't care that it hit him in face. He's just fending someone off. It's yeah. not as if he's slapped him, he's not scratched him. I, I think he probably has does it on purpose, knowing it's Eric Lamella. But it was it was a bit soft for me. Like I don't. It's almost as if the ref was looking for a reason to send him off at that point. Like it wasn't a clear cut. Like you'd you've seen them be a talking to rather than an actual um, foul, and uh, I, that, that pissed me off slightly. Because but we actually got better after that. So fuck knows if that actually mattered or not. So. Um, it's kind of annoying that that was Lamella's first ever red card, considering the absolute shithousery that he's put out over the past few yeah. years. You know, but it's almost testament to how good a, he is at doing that sort of yeah. stuff. But maybe yeah. that streak ends now. Maybe he's just he's lost the that subtle art. But uh, he's a walking not. red card instead of a yeah. Yeah, now he's yeah now he's just suddenly a, a complete liability. I'd still love him though if he was like you need that, um, especially Would- in a derby game. He changed that game when he came on. He like, did. We, 
we were we were awful before he came on, and that's not to mean that we don't need Son back as soon as possible. And I think he should be after the international break, and he probably only didn't play the uh, that last fixture so that we didn't have to send him to Korea, uh, which makes sense to me for on, a, on a various levels. Um, but yeah. Um, he was good. Uh, I think Lucas Moura was good. I think Lucas Moura's probably put together one of his best stints in the Tottenham shirt while we've been shit. Um, I don't know if that's everyone else's levels falling or just because he's the only one that seems to give a fuck, really. Um, he never stops. He's working hard. He was somebody, it was almost like in, in that last bit of that Arsenal game, somebody had said that he, you know, told him he's in Amsterdam or something. Yeah. He was single handedly taking it to him and, and bringing it forward and stuff. And it was it was great to see because that's really all you can ask for at that point. Like, if you're not playing well, at least you can fucking try hard. Um, he really and, does, know, doesn't he? Yeah. He, and that's probably where a certain amount of the frustration comes from him because we can... It's not as if he's a shit footballer and doesn't have ability. It's just oftentimes he doesn't make the most of his ability. Like, he's so quick, like, dangerously fast... And I just don't understand for the life of me why that hasn't that isn't his plan A all of the time. Like you're not a finesse player, you're not a an amazing like one two touch dribbler, you're not a um <laughs> clever number ten. You're fast as fuck and you go really quick on the wings. Like that's what you should do. You scare players when you run at them and run past them. You change direction faster than anyone else on the pitch can. If you do that at people. 10, 11 times a game, somebody's going to get a yellow card, if not a red one. And once they're on a yellow, they're going to stop being able to kick you and you'll just be able to go past them. Like That creates so many more problems than whatever the fuck you do 80-odd percent of the other time. Um, and the fact that he's just been doing that more has, has been why his performance level's gone up. And Do you think part of it's where we're kind of playing him, like playing him in that central role as opposed to on the wing? But nothing's stopping him just... Because he's picked up the ball centrally doesn't mean that he has to run sideways. He can still run really quick down the middle. I suppose so, but just if we have this consistent focus on... You know, again, this is just speculation, but it just seems to be that, especially under Pochettino's reign, it, it seemed to be that all all roads led to basically Harry Kane, right? Ultimately... Um, but never in a way that was just in the old traditional get it down the wing and sort of sling it into the box way, that it was always a kind of like intricate interplay between the wings and the central players operating in this kind of fluid system that we've all sort of spoken about previously. And it, it only seems to be under Mourinho that we've tried to kind of do more of the get it down the wing and sling it into the box type of thing with little success um and so maybe Lucas has just been at a bit of a crossroads but now he's just I it almost feels in a way that Mourinho's given Lucas a bit more of a a Harry Redknapp type role as in like look I'm gonna stick you there just fucking run around a bit and that sort of seems to suit a player like Lucas, who... Well, he, he is a fucking run-around-a-bit player. Yeah, exactly. He's an instinctive footballer. Like, as I've sort of said in the pod before, I always get the feeling that he's like a player born in the wrong era. That, like, a 90s Brazilian, like, mm-hmm. 
big, well, he's Brazilian anyway, but <laughs> a, a 90s Lucas Moura would have had a laugh. He would have been in all the Nike adverts with, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. all that because he's just, he's a brilliant, we've seen that. that sec, the second goal in Amsterdam was mm-hmm. fucking unbelievable. It was yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, more power to him. And he is one of the people that at the moment is standing up to, to be counted. Um, to the point where like, Previously, when we've been talking about having our clear out, I wouldn't have been asked to sell him for money. No. I kind of think you need him in the squad now. Agree. Agree. I kind of think, like, he's one of the ones, like, you can't, we can't get rid of everyone. He's now one of the players that I'd be like, no, Lucas, you're, you're hanging about. You seem quite happy here and you seem to have the right attitude. I don't mind having you. As long as we use you correctly, you can actually play football. And he has frustrated me in the past, but yeah. the fact that his attitude has has actually turned that around is is commendable. I've seen it floated that, you know, maybe he's just having his Sissoko arc, but even if that is the case, he's, he's got a lot more talent Sissoko than Sissoko, yeah, yeah, you know, so... Sissoko's arc has gone on so long that he's gone fucking right back to the start again. He has, hasn't he? He's, for me, he's definitely sort of somebody to move on. I wrote something a couple of years ago. I think it was after, like, maybe his first or second season of actually being a functional footballer. Maybe it was just after the Champions League final or something, or just before it. I was like, this is the summer now where we cash in on Moussa Sissoko before we, like, give him another contract and he turns to shit again. Because I was like, this is the best he's ever going to be. He's not ever going to get any better than this. And the fact that he's playing really well now is because we don't really have any other alternatives to him. It's not as if somebody woke up one morning and was like, central midfielder, Moussa Soko is plan A. Like, we've had to retrofit him there because Moussa Dembele's body's broken and sent him to China and Eric Dyer isn't as good and Victor Wanyama's got one leg. Like, that's the reason he's playing where he's playing. And fair fucks to him, he's doing well, but... You know, when we actually buy other footballers, is is that still going to be our plan A? And unfortunately, it was for for, for too long. Um, and it's almost like we've said this before, but we we kind of need to get better at going. Okay, right now, is this footballer going to get any better? Is he going to sustain this for much longer, or is his market value at the point now where other clubs are going to be more interested in him now than they will have been previously or will be in the future? And is this the smart time to flip him and get in somebody younger or you know reinvest that money in somebody's new contract or something like that? And we just don't do that shit enough. Mm. And, and we need to be smarter with how we handle assets because if we, I think if we compare ourselves to every other club that we're either aspiring to be on the level of or are actually at the level of, their turnover of, of squad players is far higher than ours is. And, and that fresh blood and that competition for places is what keeps him ticking along because you get to the point where, you know, if new blokes come in, say four or five new lads come in every every summer or, you know, winter and stuff, they're all going to come in with the false pretense of thinking, oh, I can break into the first team or one of the two of them actually fucking might. And that kind of lights a fire up under the actual first team, mm. brings a bit new fresh blood, brings a bit new fresh em- em- impetus. If somebody's been there four or five years and goes, oh, I'm a squad player here and I'm happy with that, they ain't pushing anyone. No. The guy in front of them knows, oh, I, I'm going to play week in, week out regardless. That's when a Malay sets in. That's when a, a squad gets too comfortable and, and starts to rot. Is when there isn't 
healthy competition within it. Like they can be outwardly competitive, but they need to be inwardly competitive as well. Do you, do you know one of the, one of the things? Um, just quickly on Sissoko, is that I would say because it's not in contrast to anything that you're saying. It's just simply a silver lining on the back of it. Is that I guess that he has been something of a big brother figure to Tangi and Dombele and helped him settle. Well, so, there was that that moment in the. Um... In the documentary, wasn't there, where uh, <laughs> Mourinho goes fucking hell because he's, yeah. because Sacramento comes in and goes, oh, Moose Soko's a big player in the uh, dressing room. And Moose, <laughs> Mourinho's response was almost like, oh, fuck, I wanted, I wanted a shot. Of yeah, him. I wanted to release gonna, him. Yeah, <laughs> we, we couldn't have to keep him about then. But yeah, he's, he's done that job. But I think Tangy's settled enough and you know comfortable enough yeah. within himself to not need his hand holding. It was kind of that thing, wasn't it, for a while where I, th- I think we almost got the impression that was the sort of Tom Carroll, Harry Kane thing for a bit, wasn't it? It's like we're keeping Tom Carroll about the place to kind of just keep this young, emerging Harry Kane happy, engaged, sure of himself, almost like Tom Carroll was his kind of cheerleader because mm. I don't know if you remember their whole little bromance. They used to have like... Back, I back think they ju- the just came up in the academy together, aren't they? They yeah, all known each yeah. other since they were kids and stuff. But it's um, it's not something that's unheard of. Like if you ever look at um, everywhere Zlatan went, Maxwell got signed. Yeah, yeah, that is a funny one, isn't it? And you know, that, that, people have suggested that that was much more than a friendship, but that's um, tabloid talk. Really interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, and that's when Zlatan fired that sort of problematic thing at that female reporter, yeah, didn't yeah, yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there's been several times where like a footballer's been signed, and then his much shitter brother has come along as well, like like Paul Pogba's brother and um, well, CAC keeper. Yeah, Donnarumma. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was um, imagine because they're twin brothers, aren't they? Like yeah, twin brothers, one's dog shit, and the other's <laughs> been like, well, not so much anymore, but was like heralded as gonna, yeah, potentially be the next like Toldo or something, wouldn't they? But yeah, he's um yeah. So th- there's been a few where like just random. I think Cotwa's brother maybe got signed, and th- I think Chelsea might have had both Hazard brothers at one point as well. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not crap. He's Torgan, but uh, it's probably better than his fucking brother now because he actually plays football occasionally. Um, but yeah, it's not unheard of. But again, it's not worth keeping Musuk at the club. So when we were talking about like attitude and that kind of stagnation of. Oh, also, sorry, while well, we're talking yeah, on the Arsenal it. game before we got, uh, that were a fucking soft penalty as well. It was, but it was a penalty. I hate to say it, but it, it, it you know, it was. It was, but it, it it was soft. Like I don't, it wasn't like the the sort of because um, he was. It was similar to the one that we got the other day. Like Davos going in to block the ball, and the only reason he's made a foul is because for, like it's fucked it up to such a degree that. His body is where, not where it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't take any insinuation that Lacazette cheated, nor do I that Harry Kane cheated. They both, oh, the they, they both got, got taken out. Exactly, that's it. They got lucky, and people sort of shouting into the ether about it are probably in full knowledge of that and just don't want to accept that. You know? Oh, they're idiots. Yeah. Yeah, true. That that is always the curveball. But yeah, we I, I, and the I think the other thing that might have softened the blow of that game for me was that um, 
we could have got back into it about fucking four or five times. Oh, mate, and the um, noise I let out when Harry Kane scored that. Hit the bar. No, and he scored the header. Oh, yeah, uh, shit, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 I did as well. And then straight yeah. away, it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. You know, even though you're just in your own home, you still feel embarrassed, yeah, you yeah. know? But, but um, Zagreb, yeah. mate. Let's, let's... It could have... Um, oh, yeah, to the to the actual Nadia. Is uh, it, it, one of the worst performances you think you've seen in your lifetime from a Spurs team? Let's call it a performance is uh, being kind. Right. Um, yeah, it was... I, it was just... I, I laughed... The entire way through, like, I, just because it was... Well, it was that bad, wasn't it? Inevitably bad. We've got like, our Tottenham back, like... Just, you could see it happening before it happened, and as soon as they scored the first one, you're like, they're going to score three here if you don't pull your fingers out. Like, it's happening. Like, sometimes you can just see a game be scripted, and you can see how it is coming around and how it's working. Like, it's just... It is. It, it it was so frustrating and sort of. Um, it, it was almost like like I almost accepted the result before the result happened, and I was just waiting for it to happen to me. Um, yeah, it was such a strange, disappointing um, afternoon, and it was just. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know how to feel afterwards because I kind of thought that that might have been uh, a bigger deal than it than it might have turned out to we be. Did we did feel seismic, it... didn't it? That, yeah. the Lloris interview, kind of... I, I thought it was a sackable offence. I thought in yeah. isolation, like... It was appalling. It's, you, you, somebody's head has got to fall as a result of that game. If you can, if you consider the amount of games, it's not just that result in isolation. If you consider pretty much the portion of the season that we've now wasted, and you, yeah, I will say wasted on the Europa League to go out that meekly, is is ridiculous. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. It's just uh, they conceded very similar goals each time. Um, they just uh, they they didn't seem to be able to take themselves out of what was happening to them. That was seemed to be the weirdest part. Is like even with the players on the field, they didn't seem to be like a a sense of responsibility or. Care might be too strong of a word. They just, they seem to be defeated before it happened. And I don't understand why this isn't as if like... It was like Brighton, the Brighton game under Pochettino. Yeah, but even the Brighton game, like there was an injury and that sort of a shit. And and, and like, you could see that there was something else bigger than the game that might have been happening to them. There was no external excuse for this performance or this match. Like it was just... It was just poor from start to finish. Or so, and, or so we think, anyway, because Larice's comments afterwards perhaps do indicate that there have been issues behind closed doors, especially with the playing staff. Um, yeah, his sort of insinuation that people who aren't starting are all very happy to talk about how ambitious and how much they want to do for the team, yet 
don't cheer for the team when they're not playing. Um, it's, I mean, we can only speculate as to who he means with that, but you know, it, it was. I found it quite refreshing to see Lloris come out and speak in in that sort of way. I, I don't know if you. That's some people you, have sort of said the they feel it should be kept in house, but yeah. Well, sometimes I think after a result like that, you kind of need somebody to come out and um, and take responsibility and ensure that you know they're not blind to issues going on and actually, um, you know, intelligently and um, openly discuss how the fuck that has happened. And I almost felt better that he had and proud that he had as the captain said something because if somebody comes out and trots the old fucking Michael Dawson like, oh we have to bounce back from this this is disappointing it's not what we want to do all that sort of shit you're just going to get even madder but the mm. fact that you can see that anger reflected in somebody who is a leader within the team actually makes you feel better about the situation because you know with him as well when he almost fucking knocked son's head off his shoulders that he's not just doing that for the cameras like the lads in the dressing room are going to heard it from him as well. So, um, I wasn't I wasn't annoyed by it. I think it was um, a captain doing as he should do, and somebody who clearly cares about the club and the team um, expressing himself in a in a quite refreshing manner. So, I, I've got no problem with him um, saying what he needs to say, and um, he wouldn't have had to have said it if if everyone else had pulled the fucking finger out. And again. That were a game where Lucas was one of the only players that looked like doing anything and uh, played really hard. And it was a weirdly passive game from even like Harry Kane as well, which was really concerning because yeah. um, those reports of him wanting out came out not long afterwards. And you kind of, you married the two up together and you're like, oh shit, that it almost did look like a player who was mentally checking out. And you'd never really seen that with Kane before. Um, so that was that was a concern. But it's, uh, the other thing, and this isn't an excuse, but this is something that if, if in the interest of fairness and, and completeness and everything, we do kind of, and, and this by no means doesn't think that we shouldn't have won that, won that game, but we have played a ludicrous amount of football this season. A hideous like, amount. Comfortably more than anyone else. Like We, ha- we have to kind of asterisk everything that happens against that because these lads have not had a full pre-season. I've been playing in the Europa League since like <laughs> the start of when June, July. I've been travelling excessive amounts in a period where people aren't really travelling. It's just been a lot. I think we've had more games this season where we played three games in a week than I've probably ever seen before or known of before. It's just... Uh, has been excessive. Do um, do do you take much? I guess on pretty much linking these two things that we've just been speaking about. There, do you take much from Mourinho's team selection against Villa? Like, do do you kind of buy that it is a reflex now as to some of the things that Hugo Lloris was saying that he has? You know, we've seen Harry Winks now seemingly jettisoned from the team. It's been speculated that. You know, the him and Kane don't get along particularly well. That he is well, sort Harry of seen, Kane. Uh, what Winks and Kane? Yeah. Um, oh, I thought they were Billy Bumchums. No, no. Just well, I mean, pff, according to 
whatever stuff you see floating around in the kind of tabloids and what have you. Oh, I know, I'd not heard that. Um, and just kind of winks his general dissatisfaction about his place or stature within the club and the squad. Uh, that he seems to have kind of gone from things. I mean, we can't take too much from Toby and Oria not being in the starting lineup because apparently they were both ill. Um, but we did see Roden and Tanganga come in. Who I've got, I've got to say once again, mate, Tanganga. I really want to see the lad play a lot more football. He looks like our best fucking defender every time yeah. he plays. Comfortably, and he's playing out of position as well. Like, I, I want to see really what he's like, like in the middle. I really like him. I really want to see what he looks like in the middle, um, because he, 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 there's no reason for him not to get a goal there. Like, I'd rather see him play than uh, Eric Dyer. Um, so yeah, I, I'd rather I see play. him play there than Joe Roden. I'll, I'll say it. Like, I, de- I genuinely would. Do you want to explain your issue with Joe Roden? Because after the game, a lot of people were were very. Full of praise for him. I thought he was. He looked solid enough. He, he's, he's clearly something there. I don't think he's ever going to turn into like Sergio Ramos or anything. But he's he's clearly handy. Um, I, and he's got. Th- this is it, mate. I think my my thing at the moment is it's kind of like what I've said to, about Hoybier in the past. But I don't even think he's as good as like Hoybier is. I don't. I don't think Joe Roden's bad. I think that. A lot of the the reflectiveness after the vinegar. I mean, I'm not I'm not here to police or basically gaslight other people into, you know, me telling them what I what you know I perceive that they've actually seen. But the way I sort of take it is that there's there's that, I guess a sort of recency bias. He's something new. Our defense has been a bad thing all season it's been noted we've signed this promising welsh international in joe roden but i can i like what i took from the game is yeah he played well enough he was he was decent enough but i still look at him and i think well i kind of see why you're not breaking into the team like why why there is still an air of doubt about why he should be coming in and taking over from Eric Dyer. And it's not to say that, like, he doesn't have a higher ceiling, potentially, than Dyer or Sanchez or a, an ageing Toby Alderweireld. But he does, to me, anyway, he looks very raw. I don't think positionally he looked that assured. I don't think just in himself he looked that comfortable at all times. I don't think he was, like, completely at the pace of a Premier League match yet. And... Whether there's a concern that he's going to get exposed and too into his own head whilst he's raw and he's still developing, I'm not saying that I don't think he's going to be good or he can ever develop. I just think it is what it is that we've signed a player from the championship and we're hoping that we can chuck him in straight away and he's going to be a Premier League assured defender. Because as we sort of know, that leap, if you look at someone like Ben Rama, like absolutely tore the championship to pieces. Again, it's it's an isolated example. I know this, and they're not the same player. But the only point I'm trying to illustrate is that, you know, what you see in the championship versus the jump to the Premier League, I'm sure you, you'd be able to say this as well as somebody that's kind of watched a lot of players at Huddersfield make try and make that same transition and everything. The, the jump is enormous. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's not even in that, like, kind of humble braggy way but just like in my job when I speak to or listen to 
different footballers kind of speaking off the record, they all unanimously say the Premier League is so head and shoulders above the Championship. It's unbelievable. It's a different world. Yeah. The, um, the players in the Championship and below almost exist in a different universe than the Premier League footballers. And they all talk about the top half Premier League players in the same way we do, with almost that same sort of reverence yeah. and um, like almost celebrity factor because they're as close to being them as we are. Yeah. Um, and that's that means no disrespect because these players, even if they're in fucking League Two, are so much better than any of you or I are ever going to be at the game. But they're still miles apart from what the Premier League footballers are. And it's not just the standard of football. It's everything that comes with it. It's the the media attention, the money, the uh, training, the facilities, everything that goes with it. The, the entire Premier League package, especially for, the, the, the say, the top half clubs, it's just a world away from anything that the um, anything that, that, that other players are used to. It, to the point where, like, a player like Michel Vaughan, for example, who was at Swansea, essentially joined us to be our number two for all them years because he just wanted to know what it was like at a big club. Yeah. Like, he could have gone somewhere else and been a number one. Absolutely. Like, at, a, at a step-down team in the Premier League because he was brilliant at Swansea. But he wanted to actually know what it was like at a, a, a giant institution, and and that's what it's like at, at Spurs or you know similar clubs at, at the top level. Like you don't have that experience otherwise. And uh, even when you hear like players who've been at the clubs in like a youth capacity and then take a step down, like it's always a bigger deal to be at the bigger clubs, and there's always more expected of you, and the pressure and everything else comes. Um, in, in in just different amounts, so it's um yeah, it, 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 it does take a lot of getting used to. It's I, I, obviously not yeah. unheard of of it happening. It's not an, an unbridgeable gap, but it it, it takes a, a certain individual both on and off the field to to get themselves to that level um, consistently, and and it remains to be seen whether or not he does it. He seems fairly comfortable around the place. I think it probably helps having another couple of Welsh lads around. Uh, being as close to Gareth Bale as he seems to be isn't going to be a bad thing, because if he's comfortable enough rubbing shoulders with one of the most famous footballers in the world, then, you know, the rest of it shouldn't be too too different. It's just getting used to the the actual football inside of the Premier League, probably. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for memorial day get 15 percent off your burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast 
and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, I think it's, and it's, it's that real. I think my main concern is I don't want to see him get built up as something that he isn't yet, only for people to then start saying, oh, he's actually shit when he makes a mistake, if he makes a mistake. I, I get that the, the the other argument to this is you never, never you know, he's never going to develop unless he starts getting games. And, yeah, ultimately, that's the point. Um, so I'm not really, in a way, advocating that we don't play him and we don't start to sort of, I guess drip feed him into the squad in, in games like this because ultimately you're going to have to do that eventually. Um, it's a shame weird that thing we couldn't play him in the that, Europa. Um, but... Well, that's what I was literally about to say is the weird thing is why the fuck wasn't he in the Europa League squad? Because that was surely the perfect testing ground for him. It was just the homegrown thing, wasn't it? I think it was ultimately that. that... But is he not homegrown? No, because it, the homegrown window, I, I believe... It it only comes into so for players like in his instance who are who would technically qualify as homegrown. He hadn't been at the club for a prerequisite amount of time. I, I might I might be wrong in saying that, but I believe that's what it is. I think if you, oh, I, I kind of just thought if they're from your country, you can just have them in your squad. Like that's why all the young lads are always in. No, I still think you have to have a, a certain window, perhaps. Or I I don't know. I'm I might be talking absolute bollocks because we signed Joe Hart for a fucking homegrown window. So you know, yeah. Who knows? Maybe the Premier League and Europa League rules are different, though. Some something something or other. I'm not. I'm not 100. But but yeah, it made no sense that he wasn't in that that, that Europa League squad. But um... no. But I mean, yeah. But ultimately, I like I like Tanganga. I really like him. And yeah, I really like him as well. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it sort of floated that it might just be a, a physical thing that that uh, Mourinho thinks he's not tall enough or something. But again, is that speculation? I've never seen that said anywhere. Um, and he seems like a very physical player as well. Tango puts his body on the line. Well, every time we constantly. are linked to another centre back, it is a, a mammoth of a man. Yeah. Um, I seen us linked to that Vestergaard at Southampton. I'm like, the bloke's been in a team that's conceded nine twice. Like, are we, is this really what we want? Yeah, I've seen people getting hyped about it. Like you say, it's just like, oh, um, is that really? Is that just just because he? <laughs> Just because we're signing him from the same place that Liverpool signed Virgil Van Dijk does not a Virgil Van Dijk make, you know? Can it's... you can you find me a bloke who hasn't conceded nine this season, please? That's all I'm asking, Steve. Exactly. Like you know, um, who knows what scars he carries from that? But um, yeah, it, I mean, it 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 wasn't particularly great. And what does what does the future hold? Because I mean, Villa. Was it was what it was. It was a good performance, but it was a villa without Jack Grealish. I'm just happy to have three points, really. I don't think we can necessarily take that much from it. But, you know, on, on this point of Tottenham in crisis, we're top of the form table. Um, and people can kind of, I guess, cry against that in terms of, oh, well, you've only beaten Burnley, but it's a resurgent Burnley. You've only beaten Fulham. Again, a resurgent Fulham. Two other teams that are in very good form and have beaten a lot of teams around us at mm-hmm. this point or gotten results against teams around us. So that doesn't really wash for me, sort of batting away 
the performances that Tottenham have been putting out recently, other I, than obviously Zagreb and Arsenal. With that run, though, I can I can only remember what two two well played games, two good performances yeah. in that run. Um, the other ones were just kind of winning by default, which is is fine. Like I'll take that over not winning. winning. Yeah. Um, but it, that does kind of feel like a, a slightly massage statistic to me. I'm not trying to be. No, I know what you mean. I, I get what you mean. But the only thing I would say is in this, as we've always known with Mourinho, results are everything to him, and if that's what we're getting then I don't think we can act surprised that that's what's happening. You know, we've no, all kind of entered thing into is this that, with him. Yeah, but the, the whole point is that you're supposed to tolerate that for when the chips are down, you actually pull your socks up. And True. The, the two times the chips have been down in the past week and a half, they've shat themselves. But then, this is where I default back to, is this not just a kind of Tottenham thing? Is this a DNA thing or is it Mourinho? Because... We've sort of done this. But how long pot. is this? How long is this going to be a Tottenham I, thing? Who knows? And this is, I guess this. this how the fuck do we get rid of it? I mean, there's a. Does pot. somebody have to go and like piss in all four ground, four corners of the ground, or something? I, <laughs> I almost feel that's kind of like metaphorically what Mourinho now has to do. I think it's it is. We are faced now with this ultimate dilemma with him because what I spoke about on the on the the pod I did the other day with Tom is that when you're cheating on me yeah when uh, he because he's quite for Mourinho going and I, I you know I wasn't really arguing against that per se but what I was saying is really. well no because it, it what the I always worry and I was saying this at the time I worry that the devil on Daniel Levy's shoulder is going to say, Mourinho's gone, hypothetical Nagelsmann comes in, let's just see if Nagelsmann can get a tune out of Winks, out of Sissoko, out of this, when maybe what we actually need is, again, <laughs> to stick with to stick with this Mourinho, who can, if literally, if, only, if his only function now is, right, he's not going to win his Cups, he's not going to get us into the top four, but if he is... Literally the man now that can say, Daniel Levy, I have been around the globe. I have won everything there is to win. And I am telling you unequivocally, there are people in this squad you need to get rid of. They have to go. And if that is if that is now his only purpose, maybe we just have to stick with it so that... Because I, I honestly, I don't. Whatever happens, barring us having some miraculous season next year where we actually win the Premier League or something ludicrous, which I really don't see happening. No. But barring that, I do think he at most, at most, has one season left. If if he manages to survive this summer, he's got next season. Uh, barring it going like catastrophically wrong next year. I'm talking like Juan de Ramos two points from eight games at the start of next season wrong mm-hmm. but I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I think this is going to happen but what I'm talking about is if Mourinho is kept on I think whatever happens next year it's next season and that's it it's done so 
maybe just this summer, he is the guy that now, if we're starting to see the seeds of change from this Villa, this Villa kind of switcheroo, whatever's happened there with the squad, maybe this is it now. Maybe he is the guy that swings the axe, gets rid, does the kind of what Pochettino did when Capu, Kabul, Adebayor, yeah, 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 yeah. Soldado, all these kind of players were just finally pushed out the door. Maybe this is even what likes of like Aaron Lennon and stuff. So players yeah. who aren't necessarily bad or bad eggs, but have just been at the club Dawson. for too long. Did Dawson go into Potter's watch as well? It was around then. Yeah, I, but I, it was that similar sort of thing of the the players that had all been there around a decade or just were bad eggs. The Adibayors of the world just needed to be shifted out so that the the mentality and the mood of the the, the team and the club could change. And we're at that point again where if Harry Winks is, um, is, isn't is happy pl- not being a starter and doesn't currently deserve to be, go to Palace, go to wherever you're going to go, go West Ham wherever you're going to go and go play your football there. Like, stop fucking dragging us down while you're doing it. Moose Soko, you're not good anymore. You're not good enough anymore. Like, you go somewhere else. Go back to France. Go play for, you know, whoever you want to play for over there. Go to Marseille or what have you. I'm sure they'll have you um, and all them sort of players, we just need to kind of... Sell Darcy Benfica. <laughs> Partner him alongside Jan again. Give, like, a refresh the squad uh, in a way that hasn't been refreshed. We've been that bad at it that, like, somebody we're trying to ostracise in Danny Rose, he's still at the fucking club. Yeah, like, but he's, like he's, Danny... he's clinging on. I, I actually, I quite admire what Danny Rose is what, doing just taking now. his picking up his wage and well and just like sticking up two fingers to the club I think because yeah. I, I I know right obviously I'm a Spurs fan I support the club and all this type of thing but at the same time doesn't mean the club is beyond reproach and I the six of one half a dozen of another both ways but I don't think they've always done completely right by Danny Rose especially in the past couple of years like I think hanging him out to dry in the way that they did in that Amazon documentary was pretty shameful. But, you know, whatever. It's a different topic, I guess. But, you know. No, I I agree. But, like, we just need to get better at, like, the management of the squad has been something we've been bad at for a while. And for a while it was a necessity because we, we had no other options. We didn't really have the finances were concentrated elsewhere so we had to make the most of what we had um we couldn't and we weren't an attractive enough proposition mm. for a while to turn over talent at the rate that the others do but we are now we just have to change the mentality around that sort of stuff and um and start Agreed. rebuilding and and doing better because half the reason why the likes of hugo and harry and sonny and what have you'll have one eye on the door is because they'll be going Am I wasting my career here with these lads that aren't good enough? Like I could, other clubs want me, and all I'm doing is staying here out of loyalty for a club that isn't doing right by me and isn't looking after my career anymore. And I'm not going to be able to achieve what I want to achieve here while fucking dickhead over there is dragging his feet. Um, and Mourinho may well be a factor in that. Like that might be one of the reasons why we. We have to look elsewhere if there is a break clause, if there isn't a break clause, wh- wh- whatever the the, call, the the case may be. Like we we have we have a core of a squad that deserves to be at the football club and deserves the football club to 
not only stand by them, but do right by them with the players that are around them and actually handle their talent in a in a manner that isn't negligible because I think that can be accused of them previously. I think some of the football that, that Harry Kane's missed and stuff is just purely because the club hasn't has been rinsing him for all his worth and that isn't good enough because we, we've probably taken a couple of years from the tail end of his career when his ankles fully go that, that maybe he could have had in, in another life uh, at a club where he didn't have to play every single week. Like in, in an ideal world, that Zagreb away game, he wouldn't have needed to play, but we were so fucking untrustworthy. Even with him in the team, we managed to fuck that up. Um, do you what do you make of his future now, mate? Because I've I don't know if you, if you saw yesterday or Ornstein, uh, he's recorded like a a podcast on the basically expanding on what he reported on earlier on in the week that Harry Kane is looking to leave, um, and in his podcast he's essentially making the point that. You know, a lot of Tottenham fans got very angry with me for reporting this. I'm not saying that Harry Kane is going to leave. It's just pretty well known now that his people are letting people know that he is open to the idea of leaving. He's not agitating to leave. He doesn't want to leave. But if the right opportunity presents, as you've always said in the past, it's kissy faces, right? It's kissy faces mm-hmm. at at the big clubs. Um it's not only kissy faces at the big clubs, it's a middle finger up to his own club. And yeah. going, look, you fucking sort yourselves out or I'm I'm going. And fair fucks to him because the, the he's wasting his that. career. The club need that. Oh, yeah. And, and and if you don't think that big players at other clubs don't do similar things... Like, Gerard did it. Well, like, Gerard thing, did like, it at Liverpool. I was texting you, like, this happens in every sport. Big players in every... All clubs, no matter who you are in every sport, at some point, even if they're like inextricably linked with the team that they're with, all have a moment where they consider leaving or do something that is, you know, that sort of suggests that to get their own team to pull their finger out and sort of go, oh, shit, we might lose him. We actually have to fucking do something. And, and if anyone has the sort of player power at the club to do it, it's him. You know, Kobe Bryant did it several times. He was on about going to Chicago. He was on about going to the Clippers even. Um, and, you know, rubbing their noses in it. The Michael Jordan documentary showed how many times that, you know, he fucking forced that team to get better because of who he is. He walked away, came back, fucking... You know, wanted them to make trades to keep him interested. They they run for that amount of time because of him, and and when the the one time they didn't do what he wanted them to do, he, he retired again. I like, think it, what we all need to remember is that we all obviously have a strong emotional connection to Tottenham, and Harry Kane has that as well. But I think sometimes as fans, we do need to take that step back and realize there are two. There's almost like there's two Tottenham's in operation, right? There is. The, the the thoughts, feelings, prayers, everything that sim that this symbolic side of the club, everything that we are in love with, is there and that doesn't disappear. And it does deserve respect to to a degree. But behind that, like behind that and I don't want to call it a veneer because it's not a veneer, but basically operating in tandem to that is a business. There is a business there and there are people 
that operate that business and there are people that are in charge of the systems in place that are coming to this who aren't all Spurs fans, who aren't all people that want what's best for the club in that emotion in that emotional sense. They want what's best for the club as a business because they all have KPIs, they all have bonuses that they make off the back of it. And so when Harry Kane is doing this stuff, he isn't saying, I don't care about you, Mr. Season or Mrs. Season ticket holder of 30 years who loves the club, who met your husband, wife, partner here at this club, all your kids support the club. He's not rubbing your faces in it. He's not telling you that you don't matter, that you don't care. What he's saying is to those people who are making money off of his blood and sweat and toil and hours on the training ground, you lot, you're all fucking making money off the back of me. Fucking pull your socks up or I'm fucking off. Like, yep. and I, I don't, I don't hold that against players when they do that. I think we need to stop, especially in today's kind of hyper-charged world of everything, where every discussion is so binary. You do sometimes need to just take that step away from it and just see that, like, there is a bigger picture to all this, and it's, it's, it's not Harry Kane saying he doesn't love you. It's just Harry Kane saying that, like. Look, I have my own dreams as well. I'd love to... I think he's shown us enough that he would love to win everything he can with Tottenham. But if there are actual business decisions that are going, you know, in countenance to that, Mm -hmm. then what does he owe those people? It's not about what he owes us. It's what does he owe those people? Why does he owe those people a nice signing on bonus? Because they managed to sell 100,000 Harry Kane shirts. And that that means they're getting to go home with an extra big bonus at the end of the fucking season. Mm -hmm. When he doesn't get his... When he's the one that has to stand up in front of the cameras and have people say, what have you won? What a bottle job. Look at this bloke. He can't speak properly. He's boring. He's a cheat. He's this. He's that. Like, give the fucking guy a break and just show him that you give as much of a fuck as he does. Like, Mm -hmm. you know? I don't know. That's sort of that's. No, I completely agree. I, I think you you bang on with it, and I'd take it a step further, and I'd say that what he's given us as not only a fan base but as a club as a whole, including the suits. If it ever did come to a point where he made the decision outright, look, I need something new. I need to try something new. We're almost in a Christian Eriksen you know style um, change. Nobody should be standing in his way. We name our price. Um, because obviously, you know, he is an asset. Um, And if somebody pays the money for that price, then he's allowed to go. Because if that's what he wants, then he's given more than enough to have earned that. And he deserves to go with with our best wishes and and with sort of us wanting the best for him on the back of it. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, well, if I'm being honest with myself, it was really shit when Gareth Bale left, especially because he left on my birthday. But um, that is shit. Yeah, but I really enjoyed watching him become a world beater at Real Madrid and sort of show that oh, this lad who made his name at Tottenham now has four Champions League and he scored the greatest Champions League goal final ever, final goal ever. Um, you know, the winner in another one has literally done anything there is to do in the game at the highest level, 
and he's he's sort of one of us and the fact that he came back afterwards and all that is, is lovely and um I kind of I will take joy in Harry Kane doing similar if that's what it comes to. I would obviously take infinite amount more joy if he was able to achieve even half of that at the club. And I think he would too. I think he sees the the legacy side of it. Um you know, if he was a one club man in almost a Gerard like manner, but even if even as you say, Gerard was what a contract away from signing for Chelsea. That was a done deal for some days that he just he backed out of uh, depending on you speak to different reasons. Yeah. Um so it's 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 one of those where like like I say, everyone in any relationship comes to a point where you consider your future. And if he's at that point now, it is at the club's interest and job to reinstill some confidence that we are the best place for him to be, not just in terms of legacy, but in terms of actual sporting integrity and aspiration and, and everything else. Because otherwise, let the poor bloke go and, go and achieve what he deserves to achieve within the game because he is the type of talent that deserves to be around similar levels of talent deserves to be competing at the highest level, has to be in the Champions League every season, all that sort of stuff. Like, if we're not in the Champions League next year, like, there's a part of me that's kind of like, Hurricane actually deserves to go somewhere and, and play in the Champions well, this League. This is it, because now he's going to be looking at players like Haaland, who's getting to play in the Champions League every single season, and surpass his record just by default, you know? And... I think so. One of one of the big things I sort of want to touch on here, I guess, just sort of sort of briefly, is that because on this on this sort of Ornstein discussion, they basically made the point that they think he's caught in a what they've called, I think it's like the Wilfred Zaha effect, where he's essentially too valuable to the club, but presents too much of a financial risk to other clubs to really, you know, this kind of idea that it's going to be at least, it's going to be a baseline transfer of 120 mil, probably rising more to about 150 mil. That's kind of what's been speculated at the moment, which I don't, I still don't think is enough for Harry Kane, but whatever, you know, post-COVID world, everything like that. Um, But this, this idea, I have sort of rallied against pretty consistently because I I ultimately see it being that Occam's razor type situation where I appreciate that yes he's 27 years old going on 28 I appreciate that Mbappe and Haaland exist and they're the uh, they're the sexier transfers yeah but then there's also that thing of like Okay, right, so we're talking about COVID, we're talking about COVID finances. Yes, I get all that. But, for example, Arsenal had just dropped, what, 46, 50 mil on Thomas Partey, gave him however many hundred grand a week. And Arsenal aren't even one of the biggest players in the game anymore, like Mm -hmm. financially speaking or on the pitch. Big clubs have money. They have money, and if they want to sign a oh, player... Yeah. Some, of, some of the big clubs, like their finances aren't even linked to any sort of pandemic thing. So... So that to me is a number one is like is not a thing. And I do just think that Harry Kane, like and maybe part of this is like willful denial from Spurs fans that don't want to face the reality that he is a very tantalizing prospect. That 
I just think like, yeah, okay, he's got ankle injuries, but the guy's numbers are still absolutely ridiculous. Like I was where when this hit me most, right, is I was watching that the the PSG for my sins. I was watching PSG against Barcelona, Vamos Pochettino, and uh, I was looking at a player like Mario Cardi, right? And I was thinking like this: this is a player that I think, for example, Spurs. Were we to lose Kane, is the type of name we would be linked with, and the type of player we should be buying, and probably still represents one of the better strikers in European football of a certain bracket, right? Yeah. But he is miles off, miles no, off the calibre of Harry Kane. A miles off the calibre of Harry Kane. Yeah. Like, when you, you, you kind of, notwithstanding of Messi and Ronaldo, like, Kane legitimately is in that bracket of players like Suarez, Lewandowski, the, the the very, very elite players in football, the type of player that would be a transformative signing for even the biggest of clubs. And I don't think that will have escaped the attention of the biggest clubs. I, I just, I don't, I, I, I just think there is this like... I don't know, it, just this sense that it would be so preposterous for City to buy. So say if they don't get Haaland, that they would buy Harry Kane. But, oh, no, they won't. Like his ankles. Yeah, his ankles. His, his, I, I just don't buy it. Well, what I'm Pet, saying is they've Pet been linked to with Danny Ings, who's got a worse injury record. Exactly. So it's not as if they're not looking at players. It's just Pep loves him. He's been linked to City for years. Like, he... I just... I. I just have that feeling that it could be one of those things that, like, because we heard all the similar stuff with Bale before. People were saying, oh, he's too much of a risk for a big club. Nobody will buy him. He's just been in Tottenham's kit launch. He's just been. And then suddenly, oh. Real Madrid came along, bought him, world record fee, and everyone was suddenly like, oh, shit. Of course that happened. And it's not exactly the same proposition. Gareth Bale was a lot younger, but he still has a massive injury record at the time. And that was one of the things that people spoke about. That was one of the hurdles that people said would be insurmountable for a big club to drop a lot of money on him. I think it's um, I just, I just, shit or bust this summer now. Yeah. I think if he's going to pull the trigger and go, it's this summer. And if he's not, then... He's here for a while longer. It'll be City uh, or United, I think. That's that's the, to me. That's the only feasible place. I don't think Barca or Real are going to go for him. I don't think PSG. It's it, this is one of those things that gets clipped up and people can make fun of me all they want. But I, in a we in an almost bizarro way, think that PSG is a sort of step down from Tottenham in a way, purely because of the fact that we're a Premier League team and he wants... I, I don't, put it this way. I don't French think, League's not going to scratch his itch. It's, it's not going to say him, is it? And they're not going to... They're not assured to win the Champions League. Let's put it and that way. The main reason he'd be going there is to play for Poch again and there's no guarantee that Poch is going to be there even in another year or so. No. I think United would be... I mean, it's it's not a sideways step. It is. I think a step in a footballing sense, a footballing, a footballing sense, sense, it's a sideways step. Yeah. yeah, but 
in terms of image, can he? Does it tantalise him to maybe be the final piece in the jigsaw that could maybe actually make Manchester United capitalise? I think he's smart enough to like realise that they're not in a position to really challenge at that highest level because they don't have the manager yet. No, um, and I, d- I don't think they've got the squad either. Really. If he's going to go in England, he's going. I think City's really the only option for him. Well, he's not going to go to Chelsea. He's not I, gonna I, go I don't think we. I think if even if Chelsea offered us two hundred mil, I just don't think oh, we yeah, could yeah, sell yeah. him. We're there. not selling him there. We couldn't. No, we did the same with Modric. We just we yeah. refused to do business with him. But it would be it would be apocalyptic for Levy that like you. Could, oh no, no, I think Levy's well enough aware that. To the point where, like, Modric has come out and said he was, like, on Abramovich's boat and, like, had agreed to join Chelsea and stuff. And Levy just went, no, nah, fuck off, you're not going there. Yeah. You can go somewhere else for less money in a year. Like, you're not going there. Um, and I think he's he's smart enough enough to know in a PR sense that if he is to go, he's going to have to handle it in a in a sense. And, you know, if 120 is the baseline figure... I think that goes up a bit if it's uh, to City because he knows, you know, their oil money's not been affected by this. People are still using fucking oil. Um, like, and going to a Premier League rival in air quotes, like, you're going to have to pay up for him. Um, and, you know, maybe we get a Jesus or something. Or, or, or Mares. Do you know what I mean? Let's yeah. have Mares, you know, something like, like that. that. Uh, but, yeah, it's... um. It don't bear thinking about too much. It's not something I enjoy. Imagine seeing him score against us. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be disgusting. It'd I still be think the, I still think the more likely thing to happen is that he, not to put too fine a point on it, but he swings his dick around enough this summer to make people uncomfortable enough to go, all right, we, we need to make him happier. We need to handle our assets a bit. He's actually... He's actually put things in in motion here. You know, clubs are you know calling us on the sly and asking about it. Yeah. Um. We need to actually fucking put him in a position where he he's not doing that anymore and get rid of the players that are actually too shit. And I tweeted something similar where like either this summer we we lose a lot of players and we have to rebuild and almost go back to square one pre Pochettino, but with the infrastructure there or for the first time in about 20 years and maybe even longer, we throw caution to the wind slightly financially and, um, and fucking not go for it, go for it, but actually spend a bit more, buy a bit more, do a bit more and kind of almost mortgage that a little bit on the fact that we will make some money back when the stadium and shit opens back up in the future and kind of take slight, slightly more of a risk than we have done previously because if we think about what the bottom line is for Levy and the people in the board is, is the, the standing of the profitability and the sort of the attractiveness of the club as an entity. And at the minute, this has been harmed. You lose to fucking Zagreb away, you're in the Europa League, all that sort of shit. You're not as sexy a, a, a proposition as you, as you could have been otherwise. It doesn't matter how nice the stadium is, how nice the training ground is. If your squad's unhappy, people don't rate your manager, you're not in the right sort of competitions, you're not competing for shit. Um, you aren't in charge of the the sexiest version of, of your business you could be. Um, and they need to turn that around. The, the perception of the club is, is everything. Um, and at the moment, the perception of the club is, is on a downward trajectory and they need to address that. And I think yeah. they they should or they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. Well, because yeah, like, let's be honest, at the end of the day, 
Nike ain't going to be bending over backwards to have Ben Davies in a photo shoot for him. No, nope. you know, no. Nope. And that, you know, that's Son's, the son's dad's not going to. There's there's a domino effect to somebody like Harry Kane leaving that. Son's dad's suddenly going to be like, you're not playing for them anymore. We'll take you to Bayern or something. Because um, he's dragging it. him out by the ear, isn't he? You know. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't I don't care how much you want to play FIFA with Kevin Wimmer's on you, <laughs> you, you. You're fucking going out. Like, you're going like, to PSG. Yeah, yeah, you're going somewhere else. Um, so yeah, or Barcelona or something like. No, I, takers. Yeah, I agree with you because you you know, it's essentially you can't. It's this idea, isn't it? It's just like, well, you know, we've got a stadium to pay for, and well, how's the stadium going to pay for itself? The stadium's going to pay for itself by people going to the stadium and spending lots of money there. Well, that's not going to happen though, unless it's better on the pitch. Like, and it yep. just won't. I mean, okay, I think the saving grace here is that post-coronavirus, a lot of people will be desperate to just get into a stadium and see football. But that's yeah, but you don't want people so desperate long. to go in to fucking throw pelters at you. No. Because if you go, if we go back to that stadium and fucking Son and Kane and Hugo's gone, Delhi's gone, and it's, you know, Vinicius is starting up front, like, Ain't gonna be a happy sixty-two thousand people. You've made a a very lovely echo chamber there for our fucking booing, um, and whatever else they want to call you. Um, but a- I, was, I was gonna say actually, um, if it came to the point where Kane went, I'd actually be semi um, tempted to not even try and reinvest the entire sum in like a new Kane because I feel that's like on a hide. No, that's impossible. I'd rather just put that money into another part and. Can start Dane Scarlett up front or something like that. Just I'd, I'd do something. Troy Parrot Scarlett, get them both up there. I think Parrot might be shit. I'm not sure. Yeah, it might be, might be. Because he's he's been awful at Ipswich. It's 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 brave. It's it's Brexit Tottenham, isn't it? Harry Kane going. It's kind of like what we're rolling the dice. What happens next? Oh, I know? remember how shit I felt when Potch left, and Kane going would be even worse. It would be worse than. It was awful when King retired. It was bad when uh, Campbell did what he did. Um, it, it, this isn't comparable, but it, I'm just saying. No, no, I know what you mean. Times we felt shit. The summer where we lost Keane and Berbatov was, yeah, you know, that was horrible. Instrumental in my childhood um, as, as two players I idolised. That's kind of when I um, stopped, try, you know, tried to stop falling in love with footballers um, as people. Um, and all that sort of stuff. Bale leaving was awful. This would be worse than all of them put together, even if he went with best wishes and we enjoyed it and he put out a lovely video and statement and was like, you know, still love you, still my club, all this sort of shit. I just need to... There's things I want to achieve and all that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah. And uh, if he was to leave, I think he would probably come back, but he'd probably come back like 34 and and just... Intent on playing three more seasons to get Greaves' record or something, but um, in I guess just to sort of to to close it off, mate. Heart of hearts, head, heart, everything. Do you think he'll go this summer? Do you think it will happen, or do you think he'll be a Spurs player next year? I think there's. I think, objectively speaking, I think there's too too many things standing in his way from leaving this summer. Um. And the main one being Daniel Levy. Um, I don't think he... I, I I think if, like you say, if the opportunity arises and it's somebody he fancied he could go, but um, I don't think 
he would. I think there's an eighty percent chance of him staying. Yeah, I'd probably go along with that. I'd go along with that. And not even happily staying, but eighty percent chance of him staying. Yeah, and I don't think he's the personality type though that would allow that to affect him too much no. on the pitch. So. It, I, and I don't think he'd even do the the Gareth Bale thing of like stopping turning up for training or anything like that. I don't. No. I don't think he's that way inclined. No, nor do I. Because ultimately, the fallback for him is still he's not that far off Shearer's record now either. So if he's not going to win the Premier League at Tottenham, he's going to be the greatest ever Premier League goal scorer. And yeah. stick two fingers up to that because it's what 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 better a way is? Uh, I mean, to be honest, the guy's already done that through what he's achieved thus far. But if if the club that you're with isn't in a place to win something what better a way is it to tell everybody that like you know I still deserve all the plaudits and the accolades that <laughs> even somebody like you know Wes Brown or Quinton Fortune have that you know yeah. that I haven't been afforded but I don't know I don't really want that to end on, on, a, on a miserable night I don't think it's particularly miserable it's just a conversation that needs to be had at the moment because there's a lot going on at Tottenham um it's a it's a huge. I think every summer is a huge summer, but I think this is a. It's it's a huge a monumentally. Isn't it? It's yeah, massive. Monumentally big one. Yeah. It's uh it's a real as as we say sliding doors moment for Tottenham. Um, Daniel Levy's going to have to um, pull his finger out and uh, show us what he's made of. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, leave us some reviews, follow us on Instagram, all that other stuff. Um, Yeah, nice one. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.